Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, we have a $100 AFCO gift card and four LK lures rigged with beast hooks to give away. All you have to do is fill out a short survey and enter your email address in the box below. The link is located on Instagram and at the podcast description. Giveaway ends July 11th. Oh, my birthday, bro. <clears throat> and thanks again for all the support. We really appreciate it. Check out LK Lures on Instagram. They make amazing weedless baits. And check out AFCO. Uh, big supporter, Matt Florentino. Really appreciate it, bro. Later. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Billy Egan. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Glad to be here. It's awesome. Uh, he was pointed by another uh, fan. Uh, you, you're a tournament director for Western Outdoor News, correct? Yeah, I work for Western Outdoor News. Uh, tournament director, also run uh, Juan Bass, which is the professional bass side, of, uh, freshwater bass side of the, the uh, industry. Okay. But I do trout tournaments, striper derby, which is stripers out at Havasu. I also work on the Cabo tuna jackpot down in oh. Cabo, which is the largest uh, tuna jackpot in the world right now. Okay. We, we might reach actual million dollar payout this year, which is oh, pretty man. cool. We That's got real crazy. close last year with 168 boats. So um, I'm leaving after this tonight <laughs> to Catalina to run the uh, Catalina jackpot. So yeah, I do a lot of different things uh, with Western Outdoor News and Juan Bass, but mainly tournament director. I also do uh, sales for the uh, weekly publication okay. and sponsorships for all the events. So I deal with them as well and do sponsorships, deals. Yeah. And uh, I'm the head cheerleader. I basically <laughs> paperclip to event, you know, everything yeah. it takes in between. Yeah, awesome. Do you do you have a boat you drive over to? I don't have a boat. You know, a lot of people ask me that, but the funny thing is, is been working doing this for ten years now. I have a lot of friends with. Boats, oh, I'm sure. So I don't right? have to worry about parking a boat or storing a boat or maintaining a boat. Yeah, warranties on boats. So <laughs> I kind of like it that way right now. But uh, if I if I were to get a boat right now, it'd probably be a bass boat from a, a Bass Cat. Uh, there are major sponsor for the Wombass tournament circuits mm -hmm. and mercury so uh there's one i've got my eye on my son loves to fish he's 11 years old uh turning 12 soon um he's his first word was fish uh, awesome. uh, so i have a daughter she likes to go fast but doesn't like to fish <laughs> but uh yeah so that's kind of a, a nutshell what, what i 
doing. And that's what I'm trying to push this summer. We're going tomorrow. We're going to go fish uh, uh, probably Isers. Oh, nice. And uh, my oldest is uh, going to be 15. Okay. He fished, He fishes off and on. My middle one loves fishing, but it's hard to get him once they get an age it's like my kids played music so they, it's like yeah, yeah they either like, have, they're either all in or they're exactly so i'm know, like tired ah. after an hour and you're like my ah. middle one i'm like you're almost there i think i almost <laughs> got you to be like a fishing buddy you know mm-hmm. but uh yeah that's cool man so that, that's cool they play a big part do they come help you on some of the tournaments too as since they've been probably two years old they've been coming to a couple like the uh trout fest we do up at big bear every year in october they've been coming to that every year and they've been holding trout and helping and That's now cool. my son and my daughter actually help stuff the goodie bags for the tournaments. They help me get things organized and take a little load off me and help me carry stuff. Oh, but that's nice. My son's always there helping at the weigh-ins, trying to clip the tails, do whatever we need done. Mm-hmm. He's filling in, and actually he gets to go to the Catalina tournament as well. Oh, I just really? told him that he might be able to. So he was just tickled pink that he might be able to go. He doesn't know that he's getting to go, but yeah. he's going to go over there and help us uh, run the tune or the uh, Catalina jackpot over there. I check with mom first or what? I already did. I already <laughs> gave her the, the heads up just in case. But uh, yeah, so um, it's pretty cool. I've been here 10 years now. Wow. You do uh, the freshwater stuff then too, right? I do freshwater and saltwater. Pat McDonald uh, used to be the tournament director for us, and he was the editor for Western Outdoor News on the saltwater side. He retired. He's still involved with the, with the uh, Cabo Tuna Jackpot, and so I help him with that. We co-direct we co, uh, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other saltwater events, uh, like this one in Catalina, I've now taken over, and whatever else we come up with, I'll be probably running uh, all of them as a tournament director since I've been doing it now for 10 years. Do you guys do the freshwater one? Is that MLF style? Uh, we Juan Bass is, uh, we have three tournaments a year. We used to, in the day when I first started, we used to have team regions everywhere. We used to have pro-ams. We, we had a whole lot of stuff, but there was a lot of people in the, in the industry doing the same thing. There's not as much grass for all those people to be, you know, vying for the same lakes at the same time for permits. And the DFG was making it harder and harder to get permits and everybody was fighting over dates. Cause there's only so many weekends in the year. Yeah. So we kind of, even though, we were doing all right. I mean, we were getting good numbers and stuff, but the sponsors at that time, God, that was seven years ago, came to us and said, look, you know, the teams and the proms are kind of cool, but if you're going to keep going that route, we'll see you at the U.S. Open, which to us meant they want the bigger, better, bang, the big events. The U.S. Yeah. Open is the biggest one we do. Yeah. So we at that time, with the sponsors that we had at that time, said, okay, you know, and you're right. We spend a lot of time, a lot of energy on these teams and these other regions and directors to help us and all this place, trophies and you know all that stuff. And there's so many people that do it. Let's just focus on the, the bigger events. So on the Juan Bass side, we came out with, we took the model of the US Open, which started it all back in the early 80s. It was the very first $100,000 payout tournament for Bass, uh, Bassmaster and mm-hmm. FLW and MLF or any of these guys. And uh, we took that same format which for us, like unlike MLF or Bassmaster, who have gotten rid of their co-anglers, for the most part are using Marshalls now. The FLW is the only one that's still currently using co-anglers and Wild West, which is another pro-am type circuit uh-huh. out there. Um, they do it in a non-shared weight format system so that the pro, the boater, and the co-angler, amateur, are fishing against each other for that day. So... The pro, they call it backseating, getting backseated a lot. 
you know, because the predator obviously doesn't want to give good water to the guy behind him that could steal a five or six pound fish that could help him win the tournament. So it's a little different, different atmosphere. All of our events based on the U.S. Open have always been shared weight formats. We're the only ones that do it in the nation, as far as I know. Okay, so the so the total weight of the boat. So the total weight of the okay. boat. So we, because our events, the Calif- the Arizona Open, which we just started this year, was the first time we've done it, which is our now our third event, uh, was in January. So that at that event, our California Open, which is at Clear Lake, which number three lake in the nation, <laughs> yeah, usually yeah. top five always, <laughs> and my favorite lake, uh, we do in April. Um, and then U.S. Open also, it's a shared weight system. So they'll the, the amateurs get paired with a random pro each day, but a different one each day. So you never fish with the same guy twice. Um, and we do that for mul- multiple different reasons. One, to give balance to the tournament. And two, it's a lot harder to cheat with somebody if you don't know, know the guy. <laughs> no, seriously. That was, that, I know. that was where it was really Did you get a lot of cheating in some of these tournaments? <laughs> well... I think you have a question about where I got started. We'll go over that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, hit the, we'll hit that topic because that's where I got started. Really? It, it was something like that that got me there. But to to touch and finish on the shared weight format, those guys will fish with that pro, and those two guys for that day are a team. So they'll bring in the best five fish that they can combine between each other. So they're help, they're motivating each other, and the pro's like – Makes it a little more friendly too, tips right? Makes it more friendly. Here, use my rod. And it's, yeah. It's exactly what you said. The, the events themselves, the people come back saying that was the funnest thing that I've ever done. Uh, I can't wait for next year because it's fun. You're not competing with the guy in the boat with you. Not to say that their events aren't fun because a lot of people support those events and, you know, hey, to each their own. But our format lends itself to a better time. Positive. Uh, there's there's a lot of good to it. And there's, you know, the, the flip side of it. You know, some <laughs> of the pros get beat by a co-angler. Because sometimes the pro that might be fishing with that co-angler that day, the co might be better at that particular lake and catches more fish than that pro and helps that pro jump up and beat some pro who was catching his own fish. And it's happened. Jared Littner yeah. lost the California Open at Clear Lake to a AAA. The <sighs> second, I think it was the very second, or it might have even been the first one we ever did. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's good and bad, but for the most part, it's it's an awesome experience. It's fun. You get to learn from these pros. It's like getting a guided trip for three days and you're only paying 400 bucks. <laughs> Usually yeah, you pay 400 right. bucks a for day. each day, <laughs> you know, so it's pretty cool. But uh, to get onto your question, maybe uh, I think you were going to ask where I got started. Yeah. I was in the, uh, well, I've done a lot of different things in my life, which I've been uh, blessed to be able to do, but I came from the construction industry. And at that time, uh, 2007, 2008, the market crashed. I lost my job. I had, yeah. I had a wife and two kids. Um, was actually unemployed and on disability because I had spinal surgery for some issues I'd had from all the youth, you know, motorcycles and Ugh. wrestling and rock climbing and yeah. all the different things I did as a kid. But um, was going through that and at the time couldn't find a job. Unemployment was terrible, you know, yeah. with, the, with the economy. And since I had spinal surgery, I, I was using fishing and walking around the lakes to rehab okay so instead of just sense. going for a walk why yeah. not walk and fish because i love to fish <laughs> so i'd yeah. be walking around lakes and stuff and fishing and rehabbing my back and stuff and I, long story short i ran into this guy fishing at hb central lake because my rehab place is right up there and okay. uh he's throwing a huddleston i'd never seen a huddleston before this is 2006 
Okay. Okay. And he's one throwing an eight inch Huddleston, two at HB Central, which I knew. And I'm like, wait, yeah, yeah. there's no tr- there's no fish in here. We're gonna eat that. <laughs> I literally looked at the guy. I go, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. He's like fishing. I'm like, there's nothing in here that'll bite that. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. And he just kept casting. You're probably- <laughs> and I'm I'm throwing my big twelve inch worm because I was into big worms and big lizards. And yeah, stuff. that was my thing. And he keeps walking, and I'm like what the <laughs> this guy's playing me i'm gonna follow this he, guy <laughs> this guy's playing me he's, yeah he's, you don't just yeah you're probably right and keep throwing it yeah so i finally his name's tim tim eves in in the swim bait industry people know him okay because uh, he's one of the early guys that did it uh and so i bugged him bugged him got his got his phone number i'm like dude i need to know more about this I, I will, you just blew my mind uh, oh my god so he gives me his phone number and he says go buy an ms slammer a seven inch MS Slammer, two piece and a three piece. He goes, go throw those. Where did you get that at? Um, I bought it online. I just searched online at the time for MS Slammer, found him online, bought him from, uh, God, I, I know him. I can't think of his name right now, the owner of MS Slammer. Okay. Um, and he shipped them to me, a, two, a seven inch, two piece and three piece. And so my buddy Tim goes, hey, just go cast these, one of these, till you get a bite. When you catch a fish, give me a call. Four months later. Oh, shit. Fished for four months, throwing <laughs> nothing but those lures. And I finally caught a fish, and I was just jazzed, you know. So I called my buddy Tim up, and we barely knew each other at the time. And he's like, okay, all right, show up 5 o'clock here. We're going to go do some ninja fishing. And I'm like, ninja fishing? That's what sounds, is this? That sounds fun. <laughs> so we did, and we started doing going to lakes. And he's like, can't talk about no fight club, not. you know. <laughs> For so fight club, yeah. So we started doing that and fishing slammers all the time, but they're made out of wood and they eventually get soggy and blah blah blah. They break. You fix them, you sand them, you re put them together. I'm a builder. I used to build things. I'm real good with my hands. So I got sick of fixing them and started making my own. And I started with a couple broom handle baits and a couple this and that. And you know, sh- and then I went from wood bait, you know, wood round uh, broom handle type baits to shaped. Yeah. baits and i didn't know how to paint bait so i printed an image off the printer of a fish and i paper mache the bait and took them to bassathon at 2007 and showed uh kevin van dam and some of the big wig elite guys and you know the guys at anglers marine and they're like hell i'll buy those so i went home told my uh, wife at the time I, was I got on, a new business i'm unemployed i'm like hey it ain't gonna pay all the bills but these guys will buy these for 70 80 bucks a pop so i'm gonna make lures so i started making fishing lures in my garage called it swim baits inc came out with a couple of different baits but i'd gotten like one of the first underwater video things i started promoting videos and a friend of mine that worked for western outdoor news that saw me at bassathon thought i had the personality to fill their need for a tournament director that would be good on camera, that would be good with a microphone and and so forth and so on. He's like, Hey, you should apply for this job. So I did, but, but that was a year earlier. And one year later to the date, somebody else saw some videos and they called me up and they said, Hey, you should apply for the job. And I'm like, funny thing is I applied a year ago (laughs) and uh, they're like, Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. Because actually, it was I was <laughs> I was trying to get them to take send me to El Salto and use my baits as a sponsorship deal yeah. to go to El Salto, and they're like, yeah, we don't really do that. But uh, <laughs> I ended up getting a job, and at that time, I was running the Irvine Lake uh, tournament that we would do every year out there. 
unfortunately it's closed. We oh, don't run I, that term I, anymore. I, I, I love that lake. That's where I caught my first bass. Yeah. Oh yeah. Irvine's <laughs> beautiful. It, I don't even want to get into our local scene because that depresses me. Uh, is there any? Is there any movement on that? Is it really ever going to happen? Well, ever gonna there, happen was, there was something recently. I don't know if you saw it. The the local government got involved and mm-hmm. they kind of said tis tis to the water districts for not getting off their you know what for coming up with a solution or working together yeah. to uh, figure out a way to make it work. The hard part is it's water's money. No matter where you go, water's mm-hmm. money. And those people have their hands out and they also have insurance issues that they have to deal with. And unfortunately the, you know, with the occurrences that, that happened at the lake, it yeah. made it a lot tougher for anybody else to come in and deal with it because they're going to be Im- impacted by that too. Yeah. Because for a couple of years, that's going to be hot and whoever tries to get involved with that. Exactly. So anyway, I get the job and, um, my first year, uh, was 2010 and Harvey Nasland was the current Wombass tournament director at the time who was a ri- the original tournament director, I think, long, long time ago, but he had come back when the gentleman, Bill, before me left, who I, I filled a spot. And uh, he, was, he was awesome. He was a great mentor. But at the time, nobody knew it. He had brain cancer, and so he taught me the best he could. And then at that 2010 U.S. Open, we had a big event. It's always a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday tournament because we like to have them on days where there's less traffic on the lake. And uh, we had a big event the Friday before that he had put on. And that night he looked at me and he goes, Bill, it's all yours. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's all mine. He's like, I'm, I'm tired. I, I, you've got it. You're capable. The U.S. Open's yours to run. <laughs> and he was sick at the time. And I didn't yeah. really know that. So I was like, oh my okay. God. <laughs> I've only, I literally had only been to one pro-am before that mm-hmm. at Mojave with Harvey I love Harvey. God rest his soul. He yelled my ass off for showing. <laughs> I showed up to the award ceremony in sandals. And, what the fuck are you doing wearing sandals? Get the fuck out of Because <laughs> he, he was old school. Yeah. Old school. Not fucking around, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 2010 US Open was my first year, I think, if my memory serves me. We had around 117 boats at the event. You know, some good big names. Aaron Martins fishes it yeah. as often as he can. Rick Clun comes out for it. There's some big names that come out for it. And there was some that, that year. John Murray, uh, you know, some of the guys that are fishing the elites in MLF now. And uh, first day, everything went fine, you know, even though I the process. I, I'm really good. My, I like to say that I'm a problem solver. So my 10 years here, I've looked at the solutions and and ways to make things smoother and run faster and simpler and blah 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 so that you know i was new to it but uh the first day of the tournament went through everybody weighed their fish and um at at lake mead the national parks who owns lake mead because it's a national park it's owned by the u.s government we have to get a permit from them and when we insure the event we actually write it to the united states of america which is pretty crazy (laughs) yeah but (laughs) Uh, first day of the event went by fine. Everybody weighed their fish and yada, yada, yada. Second day of the event, um, because of the national parks, and there are mortalities with fish, even though we try to make sure we release as many and all, if possible, back alive, there are some that die, especially when we were running this event. It was in July. It's 120 degrees out there. Um, it's very hot. So some fish die, and they require that those fish be filleted and given to the homeless mm-hmm. uh, shelters. So... 
my guys and a couple of DFG people into the second day. We're over at the fish cleaning station, and the head DFG lady waves to me down. She's like, hey, we need to talk to you. I'm like, yeah, I'll be right there, because I thought she wanted me to fillet fish. <laughs> yeah. But I had to actually go check on other boats to make sure they could still fish the next day mm-hmm. and that everybody had boats to fish on. And then, you know, so got that done, because Mercury has a great crew that comes out and fixes all the boats. Oh, no And way. makes sure that they're still That's working. Amazing. Yeah, we, we get a lot of support at our, our events. But the long, story goes, I go back to the bump tank where they're cleaning the fish and the lady at the time i can't remember her name she's like well we got two little problems again this is my first tournament i'm like okay i'm a problem solver what, what are they she goes the first one is let the guys know not to put a whole bottle of the catch and release in the live well because it'll suffocate the fish you know there's the, yeah. the chemicals you put in the live well to help them rejuvenate and stuff i'm like okay that's an easy one no problem goes, the second one's not so easy she pulls out this ziploc bag I saw the Ziploc bag and my stomach dropped to the floor because in the Ziploc bag were three torpedo weights oh, shit. that had been snelled with a hook at one end. My uncle, so my uncle fishes, uh, well, he fishes bass awkward for uh-huh. 20 years. Uh-huh. He told me this story and I was going to ask you about this yes. fucking story. So, oh man, this so, is great. And at this time we didn't, we didn't know whose they were, who used them yeah. or what. And we accidentally found them because we were filleting the fish and we accidentally found them because the DFG guy at the time goes, you know what? Let's check some of the contents of the stomach, see what they're eating. And he grabbed the first stomach laying there and there was a weight in it. And he was like, oh, so she handed me a bag with three weights in it. And I was like, oh my Bleeping God, right? First tournament I'm running, not only is it the U.S. Open and everybody's watching nationally and blah, 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 we have a cheater. And these people are the only ones that know at this point. And one of them happens to be the most vocal guy in Nevada. Love the guy to death. I'm not going to mention his name, but I knew. If Are you trying to keep it on hush? I'm trying to keep time. it hush hush because we it couldn't get out. If it got out, whoever did it wouldn't do it or try to do it the next day. So I. Made, oh, so you wanted to catch him? I want. As soon as I saw those weights, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, how do I catch this person? Yeah. God damn it! In my first tournament, not the U.S. Open, you're not going to take this thing down. So um, I made the people right there promise to secrecy to let me go through the evening to figure out what we were going to do. And luckily the lake is 45 minutes from anywhere. So I had 45 minutes to think when I was driving back to the hotel. And at this tournament, most of the tournaments, we keep records of dead fish. So immediately I'm like, well, wait a minute. So there was three stomachs that had weights in it. So it was three dead fish. Whoever. Oh, so this person did three three. fish. This person did three fish, stuffed weights and three separate fish because the weights were found in three separate stomachs. So I knew whoever did it should have turned in three dead fish because the fish that's not they're not going to really survive. You're not going to kill three dead fish in a tournament. Well, Most yeah, like it, it, it happens, it happens, but not very often. Maybe one or two, you know, will happen if your live wool goes out or something like that. But I knew we had records, so when we got back, we checked all the the waist slips to see who happened to turn in three dead fish. Thank God the fish did die prior to being weighed. Otherwise, we would have never you known. There's only three guys that had weighed three dead fish. So I was like, okay, let's earmark those weight cards. So on the third day, when those particular guys come up, because I didn't know two of them, and again, my first year, and mm-hmm. but I did know this one name, and I'm like, well, holy moly. Wouldn't that be weird if it, not awesome, weird if it was this guy, because he's unbeatable yeah. in, in L.A. For seven years, a guy hasn't lost a tournament. Yeah. So I don't even think about it. 
go to the third day we're weighing the fish the first two guys come through we inspect the bellies of the fish not that they know we are but we did and couldn't find anything in the bellies and then mike hart comes up the particular angler that we're talking about mm-hmm. weighed his fish asked him how his day went he was all smiles and happy and you know glad that he'd caught five fish and he was actually in contention to get a check and we, I had already had the DFG and supposedly the police were supposed to be there as well, waiting on the side of the, the, uh, stage that we use. Mm-hmm. So we ate his fish. And as soon as we ate his fish, I looked at him, whispered in his ear. I said, Hey, there's some officials I'd like to see on the side of the stage. And this just went white. He knew right then. He knew right then. And the particular DFG person that was working that day took his bag, dumped it in the gravel, and slit the bellies of all the fish in his thing, and they had weights in them. In front of everyone? Everybody. And I. meanwhile, I got 70 more boats to weigh. I'm in the middle of a weigh-in, and mayhem's going on over here. People are scattering, and I still got guys in line to weigh fish. So I'm with the microphone and going like this, and about an hour and a half later, I finished day three weigh-in. We crowned a champion, you know, which I think was Clifford Perch that year. Uh-huh. Unfortunately for him, he got overshadowed by the whole cheating incident that we caught him mm -hmm. and his whole, I think it was his second or third, it might have been his second championship US Open win. He and Aaron are the only ones on three. So kind of overshadowed his win, which was unfortunate. But the good thing was, is we we caught him. Um, You know, Nevada has their own laws in Nevada. You don't cheat in Nevada without paying your due yeah we didn't have to go after him because we we knew that we banned him that other organizations banned him um that uh nevada was going to do their thing and um not to dwell on that story but i actually after a while i called the district attorney in nevada and i said look you know this guy's lost his job his wife's lost her job his daughter's having seizures over this you know because all the pressure yeah the guy you know he did something wrong but he didn't you know come on so he's already suffered a lot nothing more you're gonna do to him is gonna you know be worse than what yeah. he's gone through already yeah. so they gave him time served and find him some money and you know he I, I haven't heard about him in many years but that was then and then from 10 years from now we're now at the u.s open this year and we're sold out in with five months to go with 256 boats we've been <sighs> we've been uh breaking the record of attendance at the u.s open for the past seven years in a row things have so you been, feel like you're doing your job pretty good huh i think <laughs> ten, 10 years yeah i guess after 10 years the guys are like uh, holy crap you did what because i'm getting unfortunately not everybody's on facebook and not everybody's using social media and there are guys out there who aren't in tune and uh, and i feel like it's the it sounds bad, but the older crowd isn't. The older really, crowd isn't and in it tune. Would and those, help so those guys much. Yeah. that haven't that fished every year for seventeen years called me and they're like, "You what? Yeah, you usually have spots up until the last week before the event, you know, and you're still trying to get people." And I'm like, "I know, I tried to call you because there are certain guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh my god, you know they, they haven't got in yet. Oh, they yeah. haven't got in." And I called a few of them, and they called. And so they're on a waiting list right now. I mean, it's awesome. The sponsors couldn't be happier. We couldn't be happier. The three events that we're doing in Juan Bass are, are doing really well and are very successful. Um, the beauty of doing the events on weekdays and not having to fight for permits is I just put out a schedule for the next three years. And tournament organizations usually can't do that because you can't guarantee the weekends that you're going to get a permit for or stuff. And we can because... 
nobody's pulling weekday permits. Yep. And so I was able to put our next three years worth of open dates out there, U.S. Open, California Open, Arizona Open dates, which to the anglers means a lot because they can count on what we're doing and the sponsors that have gotten involved. And um, it's pretty rad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the diversity of what I do, saltwater, uh-huh. freshwater, trout, stripers, uh, you know, bay bass stuff, uh, you know. Do you guys do bay bass one too? Well, we don't, but we promote them. So Jerry Mayhew, we, yeah. we promote his you circuit do all down the there. SBS stuff. Yeah, we promote Oh, they have him. one this weekend. Because he's actually. a Mercury. He's yeah. with Mercury, so we, we promote all his events with the Mercury stuff. Um, Mercury is the sponsor for all of our Wombass events. Um, there are other sponsors for our saltwater events, like Yamaha is the sponsor for the Catalina event coming up. Suzuki is the sponsor of our uh, Striper Derby at Havasu and our Trout Fest at uh, Big Bear. So we work with them all. We've got some great sponsors in the business. Yeah. Western Outdoor News has been around for, what, 68 years now? That's crazy, dude. It used to be, the only, when I was a kid, the only way me and my buddy, we also like to go trout fishing up in the Sierras, and we wouldn't go until we got that Thursday's paper <laughs> to see what's find going out where the bite on. was. Yeah, you know, yeah. Okay, should we go there, here, or there? And they're like the original, uh, like bloody decks or like yeah, Instagram, exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's cool to see, you know, social media and the and the changes, but it's also cool to be a part of it as well because we have our social media aspects as well, and we're yeah. not just print. So we're we're well rounded as well. Are you guys moving more into the kind of social media too, yeah, trying to keep yeah. up with the times? Definitely, yeah. you you have to. You can't. You can't. I mean, literally. One of the reasons we sold the U.S. Open out five months in advance, and as far as I know, Kent Brown uh, in the industry is up in Northern California. He's been fishing tournaments forever. He's a radio host up in uh, NorCal. Okay. He said he has never heard of in his his life any major tournament ever selling out five months in advance. That's Bassmaster. That's What a big achievement, man. You should pat yourself on the back for that one, too. Yeah, it was pretty (laughs) rad. And today we're probably sold out on the AAA spots. Really? So now the next five months is not to say it's easy, but it's a lot easier because you focus on other things. We know who's in, yeah. we know where we're at, how many people we're dealing with. We know how many people are on the waiting list. Um, so I can kind of ah, relax a little bit on that one and focus on the Catalina one coming up. That's this weekend. That's right? this weekend. Okay. Yeah. How many boats do you have on that one? Uh, we le- I left the office today. I think we had 24, 25 already signed up, okay. but uh, signups are through tonight. And then you can sign up tomorrow uh, at uh, two harbors. Um, I think it's between four thirty and seven. You can register. Um, but uh, this this will be airing afterwards. Yeah, uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah. I but, just uh, like to know about him. I didn't I didn't know anything it's about a, it. It's so a it's two day like, tournament. Uh-huh. We're going to do it every year. Uh, it used to be an annual event that we did, but it disappeared for a couple of years, and mm-hmm. then Yamaha came back and and helped us bring it back to life. And it used to be a uh, the white Catalina white sea bass tournament, but because white sea bass aren't always prevalent, and you can't guarantee they're going to be there. We made it a jackpot where it's white sea bass, yellowtail, and halibut. Okay. So it's a $400 entry for a team of up to four to go fish for the biggest fish of those three species. And then we have options for each. So if you get in those options, then you can weigh three up to three fish each. Is there day. a cash prize on that one? There's uh, a cash payout for first, second, and third. Okay. Based on 50 boats, it's, uh, I think, 5000 3000 2000 Wow. Uh, payout. And then uh, the options is based on how many people get in the options. Yeah. Usually everybody gets in a couple of the options. There's one, two, and $300 options for each fish. 
So it's a lot of fun. It uh, Hopefully the weather looks like a lot better th- think, this year than next year. Do you think having SBS the same weekend is kind of going to interfere? No, because we're not having a, we're not, we don't have a bass division for it. So mm-hmm. we were going to, but we didn't want to compete against yeah. SBS, you know, and, yeah. and the other sponsorships that sponsor those. Yeah. You know, because it's a tightrope. Oh, you, I'm you walk sure, with, man. With sponsors. <laughs> and we love them all. We've got some of the greatest in the business, but you have to make sure you're following the grid and the line that was presented and part of the contracts definitely so you're so let's talk more about the swim bait thing i think that's interesting too for me yeah yeah because you you start building them and you're kind of during the the time of the heyday of swim baits yeah like you said you know black dog guy i know jeremy very well i i knew uh mickey from 316 met him a few times he wasn't a a fan of of mine at the time Because I, I used the door hinge mm-hmm. uh, hinge for my baits when I started making my own baits, but I used a reverse door hinge of his. So I didn't want to use the same yeah. his, but I just reversed the hinge so it wasn't exact. But I understand at that time why it was And upset. I feel like even nowadays, swim bait uh, making is very... Oh, it's so controversial and it's controversial, so touchy. Yeah. I mean, a fish is a fish is a fish is a fish, and you yeah. can only make a fish so many different ways and out of so many different materials. I mean, when, when I started making swim baits, I saw i was watch i I can't forget the i can't remember luremaker.com it was one of those early sites where you'd get hints and tints and stuff from people that were talking about the same stuff and back then it was just garage stuff you know i mean not even compared to what people are doing and now but there the materials weren't quite there yet and it was jr hopkins that was making baits at the time he gave up the uh the uh pvc board the soft PVC yeah. board that people were using for window trims and shit. That's easy like to the sand. Asic, easy. whatever. Yeah, 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 it was easy to sand and easy to carve. And so that kind of took me from wood to that to multi-jointed to using cotter pins and you know embedding them in. And because I always wanted to make things bulletproof, I didn't want to make it a screw hinge that could come apart because of all the things I fixed with MS slammers. So I started a thing called Swim Baits Inc. and started making. I called them clones at the time, but like I said, it was the very first image wrapped lures there might have been somebody that did it years before me but nobody had seen image wrapped baits and it blew everybody away because i didn't so know you're printing paint. you were printing them out at the time i was printing them out okay. on paper uh-huh. the first ones i ever showed at bassathon that year and uh then i was trying to figure out how to get past the paper because no matter how much epoxy you put on a bait the water's going to get through somewhere yeah. in the inkle run and that's what would ha- would happen uh-huh and I kind of made the baits look cool, but I knew that was an issue. You know, I wouldn't be able to <laughs> paper mache baits for long. <laughs> so I was sitting there literally on my uh, front stoop at the house watching the kids in this car drove by with uh, a wrap on it. And I was like... With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
whoa, wait a minute. They just, they wrapped that with vinyl, vinyl sticker. So I went to this guy out in Temecula. He was the only one at the time uh, making vinyl wraps. And I walked into his office and I'm like, hey, I showed him a picture of two, you know, mirror image of a fish, a couple different ones, bluegills, bass, striper, a couple different options. Said, hey, can you print these for me? He looked at me like I was crazy because they were just double images of fish. He's like, sure. You know, cost this much, so I bought them, and then I used the vinyl to wrap punkers and wrap single body baits with, or triple trouts, or my baits with. Mm-hmm. And people started seeing that, and so not only was I making swim baits and selling them, people were sending me their punkers for twenty bucks. I'd wrap them, epoxy them, and send them back. But the whole thing for me at the beginning, when I started making swim baits, my buddy Tim and I, when I wrapped them, he's he's the one that came up with uh, bait wraps. And so I named this company called Bait Wraps there where people could send in their baits and then get them wrapped. Originally, the thought was not even to wrap the baits, but to sell the image to the guys that could do it themselves because you didn't really want to epoxy the thing. You wanted to be able to rip the image off and match the hatch real exactly. quick. But guys were so obsessed on the finish, they wanted to see it glossy epoxy, and clean yeah. and epoxied. So that's what, we, what I did for a while. I made a couple different baits, and the one that really hit was called the Sonaga. Mm-hmm. Um, which I had made for myself, which admittedly was molded off of Huddleston. Ken even knew it because I knew Ken. Uh, I fished the, the HBC up at Don Pedro mm-hmm. um, to promote my swim baits and yeah. to promote myself and fish against Butch uh, Brown and yeah, all the guys cool, up there. Man. And Kent Brown, the guy I mentioned, won yeah. the stupid tournament on a three-and-a-half-pound <laughs> worm fish. Well, we're all throwing swim baits. He won, yeah. he won it on a worm fish, 10000 bucks. But... Uh, uh, I, I originally molded the HUD and then turned it into a hard bait, cut the tail off because I didn't want anything to do with the tail, changed it to be my bait, molded it a bit, and made the first bait and the only bait I've ever seen to this date that has an inverted cup in the tail. So okay. the tail's thick, um, but in the back it's inverted. And so it's a – I like to use floating baits ms slammer obviously but yeah. I, I like to fish fast sometimes and so i made a bait that would you could twitch and pop and burn and when you burn it because of the inverted cup in the back it bubbles <laughs> dinner bell i called it yeah because the fish when they hear that do you still like, have that i still have it i still have the molds i still have everything do you I still fish them or no i still fish them i got buddies that have them people hit me up every day to make them i haven't made them in seven years wow um with kids growing you know two young kids oh, yeah. growing i didn't have the time in the garage anymore yeah. the full-time job i had to something I had to give yeah so the baits went to the wayside but there's a lot of guys that still have them there's yeah. guys that bug me for them uh sanaga means trout in uh cherokee um and the funny thing is being early in the bait industry you know you come out with names and somebody will copy it in two seconds later i'd come out with a clone and one of the other companies came out, oh we got a clone i'm like no that that was original you know <laughs> yeah. but uh, um the sonaga nobody would copy because they didn't know how to spell it because it had a weird spelling yeah was, you know t-s-u-n-g-n-a uh, but it meant trout mm-hmm. and so a lot of guys bought them i uh, i think i made probably 500 of those things <laughs> And I made them in three different versions. Were you molding those or were you doing... I uh, was molding them all. Okay. At this point, I had molded them. Okay. So, and I had made three different versions, a float rip and twitch, the original, a slow sink that had a fiber uh, tail on it instead of a bulky tail. It just had fiber uh, fibbits, mm-hmm. micro fibbits, um, which Mike Buka and I were the first one to ever use the micro... Oh, sorry. Hopkins was the first to use the micro fibbins in his multi-jointed <laughs> baits, but uh, then... Mike Buka with Bullshad started using them. Yeah. 
and I was using it at the time. And then there, uh, the other version was a wake version, okay. a three-piece wake version of the same bait. And then I made a bait called the slab, which caused a lot of uproar. It was a um, uh, taxidermy uh, thing that I found a master molder, that a wood carver. And I said, I, I really want to make a car, uh, crappie, crappie, and I want to make a um, the one back east, the uh, perch. So he, he made two specifically for me. I molded them. The, I still have the perch. I've never done anything with it. But the crappie I made, and I turned it, I called it the uh, slab. It was a two-piece, big crappie wake bait. And people freaked out on it. And I think I made like 20 or 30 of them. And wow. then I just stopped making baits. But that's get, when you that's when you kind of stopped. That's when I stopped because I was still with Western Outdoor. I was with Western Outdoor News at this time. I was running tournaments. The owner, the family that owns Western Outdoors, they're a great uh, group, great family, and it was taking a lot of focus away from my normal yeah. job. And he can see it because he saw me doing stuff on social media, trying to promote the swim bait company and trying to sell. And he knew I was making baits. And he's like, "Look, you gotta, you gotta focus on one thing here." And, and I know that's something that you care about, but this is, you know, you got a job here. And I'm like, "You're right, I do. And yeah. I have a family and I have kids, and I can't do it all at this time." So, okay, you're right. And that wasn't the only factor, but, you know, um, but I made tons of great friends that I still have today. Jeremy from Black Dog, I'll mm -hmm. go up and I'll have a beer with him when I'm on my way to a tournament. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh St. John from JSJ Bates, yeah. a good buddy of mine. Matt, um, Matt, uh, um, uh, Tactical Bass and Matt Allen oh, and I yeah. know each other really well. We had a day on, on, <laughs> 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 this is back my first year, Harvey Naslin. He, he when you we used to have to go to the jamboree which is what the dfg calls uh for when you go to fight for all your weekend permits so i he's like just go up there uh just you know get your dates fight with those assholes and don't budge and you know you're one bass you know they gotta give you room and i'm like okay well that's not till 8 30 in the morning i'll be there the next the day before hey matt i'll be there early got anywhere we can go fish and he's like yeah so <laughs> we went and fished party lake yeah and he's like you know it's a kind of a secret little swim bait lake at that time yeah not many people were doing it nobody was there literally nobody in the parking lot and we went and he was throwing a uh, like a nine to 12 inch homemade optimum soft bait that yeah. he, he had a line through that he made a line through big tail wag and so I, i'm like well i'm gonna throw my sonaga top water and he's like he had just said we're working this one point just coming out they also bite in the deep bowls here. You wouldn't think so, but the water's so clear, uh, they will. And so I'd fish this point, and he was kind of working it and got a follow. So I threw mine out in this bowl, big bowl. And I'm literally fishing, and I'd fish saltwater a lot when I was a kid. My dad took me all the time, and I was into yellowtail and stuff like that, yeah. and throwing irons and stuff. And so I throw my bait way out there, and I swear to God, I see this flash about 40 feet down in the water. And I'm like, <laughs> saltwater flash, like you see. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, Dude, I just saw a flash about 40 feet underwater. He's like, hold on. <laughs> rip, rip. Boom. <laughs> Big northern uh, largemouth. Wow. And they have smaller mouths up there, nails it, and I catch like a nine. And wow. like, that day we caught, uh, I think we caught like 50 pounds in an hour and a half Shit, for five man. fish. I lost a teener that day. We jumped over the rope and we're fishing an area by the towers. It was one of those days. And Matt was like, that bait's got it. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Out. He's got. He goes. It has it. Yeah, it's got the it 
thing. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, certain baits that have it. Yeah. That one has it. It works. It's, <laughs> and Paul Bailey up in Northern California, he's a guide up there at Clear Lake. Um, I took, I had never fished with Paul, even though I knew him and his brother from the swim bait deal. And we had talked online a bunch of times. I'd never met him before, but Mike Folkstad, if you know who he is, mm-hmm. uh, he's a, uh, uh, hall of famer in the fishing industry and in the uh, bass fishing industry as well for tournament wins and two-time us open champ but he was up there uh fishing clear lake with paul bailey and uh, they were filming the day before and we had a tournament coming up and i was coming up early to fish with paul mm-hmm. so i can go throw my swim bait because it was clear lake you know <laughs> i'm going sonaga fishing yeah <laughs> and uh, so i called paul and i'm like hey it was like nine o'clock at night i'm here he's like dude I can't find fish. I, I caught a two and a half pounder all day today with Mike folks that we were filming. I don't know where the fish are. I can't, can't catch anybody else's fish. Everybody's getting them on these. I can't find them. I, I, I don't know what to do. And I go, your name's Paul Bailey, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you're a swim bait guy, right? He's like, yeah. I go, then we're going to go through swim baits all day. <laughs> and that's all we're going to do. Yeah. And if we don't get fish, oh, well, but at least we went chucking. Forget about that worm fish and all the other stuff let's go have fun yeah so we literally hit the water the next day and this was i think uh september maybe or something like that and it was one of the times where the lake just starts turning on and we lit i threw my bait out the snog he had never seen it uh before and i threw it on a point ripped it and caught a fish Damn. right away and he's like oh wow <laughs> He goes, I know where we can throw. He goes, because he saw what I was doing with the bait. Yeah. He saw what I was, action I was getting at. He's like, oh, I got a few places we can go fish this. Literally, for the next hour and a half, we caught a fish on every point. I caught a fish on every point because he came, became a guide that day. Yeah. First couple of fish, he's like, this is too fun. I'm just going to watch because I don't yeah. have one. I didn't have one for him. Yeah. I only brought one. I had like 48, 45, 48 pounds Shit. in a matter of a couple points. And it got so it got so bad. We were laughing so hard that we called it the look away because if you watched the bait rip and twitch and pause, you wouldn't get bit. But as soon as you turn your head, <laughs> dead twitching too. They just ex- yeah yeah kill it. And then he was like, "Oh wait a minute, I know I can make that noise." And so he grabbed a punker, uh-huh. and so he threw out a punker, and he's like, real hard twitching, quick hard twitches, and that punker would just go. Kur, kur boom yeah and then he had a tournament coming up and he's like (laughs) i got it i got got it it. (laughs) we went out and destroyed him that day yeah and he actually did pretty well in the tournament i was the tournament director but i had kind of turned him on to something and opened his head back up to something that he'd forgotten about because he got so mixed up in the tournament stuff that you forget about oh yeah because a a swim bait guy like i don't know if matt he fished the u.s open a couple years ago with kevin kevin mattson Swim bait guy out there is not going to be able to compete with tournament guys. You just can't. Yeah. Because the bites are infrequent. And if you do get a bite, sometimes you lose them because yeah. the hooks bend or you don't have your drag set or you're using the wrong line. You know, and so that was the cool thing about what I do is that the guys that I do it for, the tournament anglers, they saw who I was in the swim bait side and the fishing side and enthusiasm side of fishing which feels good because right? i was posting yeah. pictures it, it was okay this guy's one of us yeah he's not just a guy that works at a company that runs tournaments and doesn't fish and doesn't relate i related to the, the anglers to my customers and the people that are at the tournament so when i'm at the tournaments and when i'm on stage 
I, I, sh- I talk shop with them. I know what to talk about. And even in the swim bait stuff, like today, somebody posted something on Facebook. He had a, a bluegill bait and he lost a big fish because the hook stra- straightened out. I'm like, then loosen your drag. You wouldn't have lost that fish. As yeah. long as you're spinning the reel, you're winning. Yeah. Doesn't matter how, you know, if you're not getting in line, keep turning yeah. the reel yeah. because eventually you're going to get a couple head. inches on it. Fish is going to turn. You know, you just, it, it's a science. I'm sure Matt talked about it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because something's going to give, whether it's a knot, a uh-huh. hook, a split ring, and especially on big fish. So, and, and Paul taught me the same thing because I used to horse the fish in and you'd lose some. He'd, he'd be like, just loosen your drag just a little bit. Doesn't matter if you're not pulling line in. Wow. Just keep reeling. Keep the pressure on there. Keep the tip bent. Then when they start moving, you'll get that line in. Yeah. And then when they get closer, they make a run. So be it. They make a run. I've lost my biggest fish is a 12.95. So, wow. And the ironic part, you want to hear the ironic part? <laughs> yeah. I caught it the day after the HBC tournament at Don Pedro. I drove not bad from, right? from Don I mean, Pedro all the way home, frustrated because uh-huh. I didn't catch a fish at the tournament. Stopped at Oso Lake because I used to, for the construction company, I used to donate materials to their uh, Boy Scouts there so I could be able to fish. So the the guys that I have a are story the, about that too are, are the <laughs> founders that yeah. do it. They would be pissed, but they couldn't say anything because I was donating materials. So I'd. I drive all the way home, put a hut on, go over there on the riprap where the uh, just walking the, the dot walk where the dam the, meets the mm-hmm. the dirt, the riprap, hid behind a tree, made this bomb cast with the hud, slowly, slowly rolled it, hit a boulder, and boom! And I catch the twelve nine five out of Oso Lake. How long ago was this? Oh seven. This is oh okay, seven. So this is when it was. This a is before the the last kill. big kill. Okay, that I. That killed me because I put a lot of time and a lot of effort, and I used to fish that lake a lot. It was like the founders and me. We put I I was like there volunteering all the time, and then that die off. I couldn't go back. Even when they restocked it, I couldn't go back. Have you was, been back lately at all? I have. I've been invited back a couple times. I got a buddy that works for the water district, so I've been by a couple times. There's fish there again. They There's stocked someone, uh... They stocked them with two pounders that are now like seven. Oh wow! So, but then there was another die-off recently, not a major one. But they always it's those lakes have a hard time, you know, with the, I, uh, with the runoff. Yeah, I I went fertilizers. there fertilizers, dude. I went there for a Boy Scout. My son was in the Boy Scout mm-hmm. sleepover, and this was like probably 2010, 11. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, fuck yeah! I bring my rods, my reels, and they're like, oh, sorry, sir, you can't fish. And I'm like, yeah, there's oh. strict rules at those places, and they have insurance and they have yeah. stuff they have to deal with. But I caught my 12.95 there. I've had my personal best on many, many times on a slide swimmer, and they've always come off, you know. And Damn. so I've had that situation yeah. happen. The it was a couple of years ago. I had at least a 14 on at Nigel Lake, really? 14. <laughs> At least 13, 14 pounds, and the hook straightened, and I was like, Ugh. plus I was in a rowboat, one of the aluminum boats that they had there. This and is the when fish, they still The they fish still was pulling them? me to, towards him, and oh, I, you know, it was yeah. all the wrong scenarios. Yeah. And, uh, but this was before the they lost their lease there, and now it's just run by uh, the county. I still, um, I like going there when I have a chance just to fish. It's, I like that lake. It's it's a great lake. It still has fish. It still has great fish in it. But yeah. you, you can only fish a third of the the shoreline. And yeah. I actually talked to them just last weekend. I was there, and I talked to the rangers that I was there because I want to talk to somebody. Because growing up as a kid, 
um, I, I grew up in Laguna Niguel and then we moved to Laguna Hills and I would ride my bike every morning at about four o'clock in the morning on weekends to Laguna Niguel Lake mm-hmm. with a buddy. And we would catch crawdads and fish the fence line and catch big fish and then throw our Rapalas. And the first time I caught a five pounder, I think it was, it's about eight, nine, ten at Niguel on a goldfish Rapala. Wow. And I was hooked. That was it. Yeah. And unfortunately, my kid, he's 11, 12. He's got nowhere to fish. Yeah. Niguel, you got a small, small bank. You can catch a few. Yeah. You got Mission Vale died. You got Irvine closed. You got Woodbridge that's now not allowing non-members to fish because back then they wouldn't stop you. You know, at least you had a couple places to go. The golf course lakes that used to have fish, they're fenced off because too many jack holes would go during the day (laughs) when guys were trying to golf. Ninja fishing. It's like, come on, on, we've been fishing this lake for eons, and now you guys are going to be bold enough to go during the day when people are paying to golf. What do you think they're going to do? Yeah. Close it. Yeah. You know, so, you know, with social media, everything changes, but at the same time, social media has helped get us where we're at, not only with juan bass in the us open because that is a made that our paper or our reach with our paper subscribers um our sponsors and the social media aspect is really what's helped push the us open get to a point where it's at right now besides you know the payout we we always pay out what we say we're fair everybody knows we're business we deserve to make you know money and be, be in business uh to run tournaments and to do what we do but uh we love it we're passionate about it we're fishermen ourselves uh, most of the people that work at the company are fishermen so you know uh it's awesome if you haven't fished any western outdoor news uh events uh go to our website uh com. there's an events tab all of our events are always listed there throughout the year freshwater saltwater um all of them we have uh, the Big Fish Challenge, mm-hmm. which is like three-month-long thing for wow. saltwater. Yeah. $20 entry, and you can win some thousands of dollars in prizes. <laughs> um, you know, we've got a lot of a lot of different cool cool things to do. What's your uh, local tackle shop? Local tackle shop that I use, mm-hmm. when I go buy tackle, I go buy Hogan's. Okay. Because uh, I live right in Laguna Niguel, so yeah. Hogan's is the closest, but Bill's been a long, long, long-time friend and his daughter as well. But if I need something quick, Hogan's is the place to go. Back in the day when I was a kid, it used to be Turner's that was up off of um, uh, Avery over there when they mm-hmm. were there. Um, geez. Uh, but I don't I don't buy a whole lot of things online. I like to try and use the local tackle shops so yeah. that they get they get the money coming in the door um, for for the you know brick and mortar type stores. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll go there. It used to be the Jig Stop too. You know, before Hogan's was ever there, it was the Jig Stop. Uh-huh. Um, they were always fun and friendly they knew who they knew who you were when you came in the door and you know it's fun because i used to go in those places as a kid and then when i was a tournament director it was a whole different thing you know <laughs> oh it's bill yeah crazy to see you know you know see him at the conventions yeah and people yeah. that i've grown up with that fish you know high school guys that i went to high school with that have boats that see me at fred hall and so it's so cool that you get you know and everybody has this it's you got the dream job and i do yeah. What I do is is awesome. And most people think, oh, when you work in the fish industry, you get to fish more. You actually fish less. And most people that work in the fish <laughs> industry will be the first one to tell you that. That's the first thing I've heard from everyone. They're like, hey, just make sure you still fish. And I'm like, all right. And then about, it's it's been, uh, gosh, August will be a year doing this. And mm-hmm. I'm like, my fishing's went down like 
50 percent yeah. you like, got to get yourself dude. out there do it you're passionate <laughs> yeah. about for yeah. sure and uh, even if you're not catching just yeah. to get outside just get out there right mm-hmm. yeah my wife used to wonder why i always went ninja fishing <laughs> and i'm like because the kids are asleep and they're good you're good and it's quiet right it's just me and the crickets and the bass <laughs> but i go look i'm not going to the bars i'm not going out with my buddies i'm going to the lake yep and just me and my buddy and we're catching fish yep and being scared away by coyotes or rattlesnakes (laughs) which happened many times you need kevin mattson over there to start ripping some rattlesnake heads i I stepped we were we were speaking of rattlesnake lake (laughs) which i knew some of the founders and this was way way back then but Uh we we me and tim we stepped next to the bush and i was in and i'm like which way do i jump he's like i don't know but i'm jumping you just jump and just go, okay, yeah. we're out of here. Hopefully we had, I don't get bit. Yeah, anti-venom. We had a female coyote and a cub come up to us once, and you know, I was like, you know, yeah. throwing something at her. She wouldn't budge. And all of a sudden, she started howling, and all of a sudden, you hear 12 or 13 other coyotes howling coming down like, the hill. Let's go. And I look at him. I'm like, okay, we'll, get, we'll give them this side of the lake. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, lots of adventures, lots of fun. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any sponsors you'd like to thank? Yeah, you know, uh, gosh, with Western Outdoor News, all the different sponsors we have, Juan Bass especially, Bass Cat Boats, Mercury Motors, Daiwa, St. Croix, Luz, Striking, uh, Costa Sunglasses, Yamaha, Suzuki, you name them, uh, Cigar Line, uh, SKB uh, Backpacks, Angle Coolers, Life Source Water System, Bridgeford Foods. I could go on for days. We've got some <laughs> of the best in the business. But you can check them out at uh, either uh, wombass.com or wonews.com or our Facebook page for Wombass or Facebook for Western Outdoor News. We have Instagram as well for all of them. If you're interested in the Wombass tournaments, you know you can join our group at Wombass Tournament Anglers Group. And then that way, whenever we do updates, you automatically know what's going on. There's lots of way to connect or call me at the office. Yeah, you know you can reach me at uh, my email, Billy B I L L E at wonews dot com. If you got any questions or comments uh, about the events or about what we do, nine four nine three six six zero two four eight is my direct line. So uh, anytime, if you want to talk freshwater, saltwater tournaments, you know uh lures <laughs> yeah yeah thanks again billy like a uh, very interesting like i'm sure some people might not even know that you built uh all these swim baits back in the day and very right. interesting story dude. i really really appreciate you coming on thanks for listening guys listen for the next one take yeah, care Yeah, thanks for having me on i appreciate it <laughs> good luck out there thanks